We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Dan Kotnick, and I'm joined by my partners in crime, as always, Matt Fralick and Janelle Mackey. Today on our episode, we're adding another person to our three musketeers, our three best friends. What We never really officially called, uh, gave our group an official name. But we're adding another person to our group today. Uh, someone knows a lot about the Packers. Uh, Matt, reach out to him. Matt, you want to let everyone know who we've got joining us today? Absolutely. So uh, I'd like to introduce uh, someone that you can hear every weekday from 9 to 11 on Air It Out with Bill and Rookie on 107.5 The Fan. Every afternoon from 4 to 6 with co-host Chris Havel, Harry Sidney on Sportsline. You can also see his face on Channel 5 for the Green Bay Nation show with Lily Zhao and Andy Herman, owner of the Pack-A-Day podcast. He is a sports talk button pusher at WDUZ, owner of many dad hats, scrappy lunch pail guy. I'm extremely happy to announce... The guest for today, Marcus Eversall. Marcus, how the heck are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, and thank you for that nice intro. You're welcome. I was doing some math before the show, Marcus. You outnumber all three of us collectively by 1,700-plus <laughs> followers on Twitter. If that's a big deal or not, I'm not sure, but I'll, I'll just run it. with it. Yeah, I'll take it, I suppose. That, that little, yeah, fair. The little blue check mark gets you a bunch of followers. It's kind of unfair, and I kind of stumbled into that one, so... Whatever. It's just a number. Don't take it personal. It is. It is just a number. It is just a number. So we're in the off season right now. We got a couple questions to ask you, but Janelle, do you want to uh, uh, kick us off? Yeah, obviously, Pack a Day podcast. We'll start with the Packers question. So, 
As a sports media personality in Wisconsin, what was the highlight from the 2019-20 Packers season for you, whether it was something that the Packers physically did or something in your within your station or the highlight of the season man I don't you know the first thing that comes to mind obviously there are so many highlights because I mean I don't care who you are nobody saw 14 and 4 come in 13 and 3 and then get into the NFC championship so I guess I'll just go to the point of the season that I felt the best about the Packers and that was after they lost Devontae Adams and they had that month where Without their number one weapon, they just started killing it. And I think that's really when everybody really started to believe. The offense is scoring 30-some points a game. Aaron Jones was putting up just ridiculous numbers. They had a couple stinkers in there, of course, the Chargers game most notably. But seeing what the offense was able to do without Devontae Adams, it was such a nice change of pace because... You know, in the previous regime, it's like if they lost somebody of Devontae's caliber, I don't think anybody really had faith that the Packers would be able to kind of not lose anything and just keep the boat afloat. They not only did that, but they started balling out. And I think that's kind of the month where everybody started to buy in like, okay, you know, maybe we didn't see 13 and three even at that point yet, but you started to believe this team's legit. I mean, they're a playoff team. And then once you get into the playoffs and you've got Aaron Rodgers, who knows what can happen. So I think that really made me a believer in terms of the, the coaching staff and their creativity that this team could be something yeah, special. Yeah, it's definitely a different perspective than any of us had when we talked about our highlights. But I really like that take, so I'll kick it off to Dan then. Kind of like going off of what Janelle said, nobody really expected to see what we saw. And obviously, you know, the moves in the offseason were the, the catalyst for all of that. And, you know, we can go down the list of all the great moves that happened. Looking back at the season now, in complete hindsight, is there a move or uh, or just something that you could look back on and say, I wish the Packers would have done this differently in the last offseason or maybe added a different piece or made a different move to, to maybe change something that happened this year? I, I mean, I feel like... In asking that question, I'm supposed to say something about Rashawn Gary because, like, all the major moves they made panned out, and then they got really next to nothing out of Rashawn Gary. But I, I think it's still early to give up on that. That What I would go to right away is in terms of bad moves, I mean, Brian Gutekunst has not had many of them. So this one sticks mm-hmm. out in my mind above all else, and that's Jimmy Graham. I know it made more sense to keep him around last year because – you would have basically swallowed a bunch of dead money had you cut Graham last offseason. I think we would all expect that he's a likely cap casualty this offseason. So it made sense financially to bring him back. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know what that guy gives you. I mean, I'm so over Jimmy Graham. The moment they signed him, it was like, okay, maybe he'll be a little better than he was in Seattle. Let's just give it a chance. And then didn't take long before you're like, no, nah, he's just pretty much the same guy he was in Seattle. He's just not very good anymore. I don't know why they decided to give him $10 million a year, but I, I picture the 2019 season for the Packers without Jimmy Graham. I don't think it looks any different than the 2019 season with Jimmy Graham. So frankly, I'm excited to see the Packers cut ties with him. I think he's done. I, I know nobody in the NFL sucks, but based on what he is being paid and what he's been paid by the Packers for the last couple of years, by that measure alone, Jimmy Graham sucks. And maybe he'll just retire and save the Packers some money that way. That would be a that'd be a nice little perk. That'd be nice. And you know what? Honestly, I was I thought the obvious answer was Jimmy Graham, so I was expecting literally anything but <laughs> Jimmy Graham. But yeah, totally agree with you. <laughs> 
Marcus, as Janelle said, and Dan brought up, this is a Packers podcast, obviously by the name, but I'd, I'd be missing an opportunity to ask you your thoughts on the NBA All-Star Weekend in Chicago. I know you guys talked about it today on the fan, talking to Pat Connington's performance in the dunk contest. Obviously, the dunk contest, I think, had some controversy with Aaron Gordon. Uh, Chris Middleton wants the ball off his foot in the skills challengers I didn't even know about till today. Any reaction you had to the NBA All-Star Weekend, the new format, tribute to Kobe, anything you want to just throw? Yeah, I think they absolutely killed it. I mean, first of all, any All-Star game, I think if you have too hot of a take, you just need to cool your jets a little bit. It's an All-Star game. Like, nobody likes the Pro Bowl. I get that. But at the same time, what's the alternative? As, as unwatchable as the Pro Bowl is, you don't want it to be watchable because then, what, you're going to hitch something to it? You're going to make the Pro Bowl mean something? For an All-Star game, it's just an all-star game. It's supposed to be fun and just competitive enough to keep people interested. And I think that's exactly what the NBA did by switching up the format. I thought it was great. You know, you play the three quarters and then you play to a, a certain score, adding to 24, whatever. Everybody knows the, the format they went with, and it was a competitive game. And the dunk contest I thought was awesome. I know the controversy with Aaron Gordon and... Derek Jones kind of overshadowed the whole thing, but the fact is that was probably the most entertaining dunk contest there's been that I can remember maybe since Dwight Howard way back in the day, like the good version of Dwight Howard way back when. Unfortunately, Pat Connaughton got screwed a little bit. I thought that he didn't get nearly enough respect for the white men can't jump dunk, and his perfect score on the second dunk was great. But whatever, Pat Connaughton is just a gritty, hardworking, quicker-than-fast, lunch-pail guy anyway, so I'm sure it doesn't bother him. Staying just kind of sports in general, so you obviously do a lot of coverage for Wisconsin teams, both professional and collegiate so which team or which sport is your favorite to cover and I promise my feelings won't be hurt if it's not the Packers it is the Packers I mean I when you do sports radio in Green Bay I feel like that's really the only answer with all due respect I mean one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do and I'm trying to remember if this was the first year I think that was my second year on the job full-time right out of school at uh, UW-Green Bay, I ended up going to the Final Four in Indianapolis to cover the Badgers, and that was just awesome. I mean, like, you look around and you're seeing familiar faces, celebrities, sports figures, you know, ran into Charles Barkley, crazy stuff. I mean, it's just, it was awesome. But, yeah, I mean, it's the Packers. Like, for a guy, I, once you start doing it, obviously you have to separate a little bit your, you know, your fandom, what you grow up rooting for and being a hardcore Packer fan and all that. Because when you're doing a job, you're doing a job. I, I honestly thought it would be harder to let go of that than it has been because you just basically don't have a choice. It just happens kind of organically. But it's still in the back of my mind. You know, every time training camp rolls around in the summer, I think back and as a kid, that was literally my favorite part of every single summer was when my dad would bring me and my brother up to training camp and we would just sit here, you know, in the stands over at the practice field and we would just watch practice for three days and we'd go to the pro shop and we'd hang around the, the stadium and it was just a blast. I loved it every single summer. And now, you know, I live right by Lambeau now and it's like every time I drive past it and still every now and then I get those flashbacks. I'm like, this is pretty freaking cool. I mean, to be honest that my job, I have to talk about sports and cover the Packers. It's, it's not the worst job in the world. And Marcus, you actually you answered one of my the question I was going to ask next about having the uh, the need to separate yourself from 
your your sports fandom and and having to cover the team. I started out in sports radio in my career and you know had the same kind of thing happen with some of my other teams that I've gotten to follow along the years uh and I know Janelle Janelle has some stuff to ask about this too. It's obvious that if you're in radio, especially sports radio, you've got a passion. Was there a moment growing up for you cuz I, I i can point to moments in my life where i knew i wanted to be a part of radio and be in sports radio but there was there a single moment that you can look back on in your career that you said i wanted to do this it's funny cuz there in tech ed in i'm trying to remember if it was junior high or high school whatever in tech ed we had a unit and it was like radio broadcasting whatever you just had to go through some stuff and basically talk for i think it was 10 minutes or something like that and me and my friend tj did it and it was just so natural and it was funny and it was fun and we're like damn like can you imagine just doing this every day for a couple hours and that's what you call work and it like sports has always been a passion for me so i've done podcasting and got into writing and i majored in communications and journalism at gb and it's always been an interest it didn't really become a serious career focus of mine though until a couple years into my college education I was actually at Whitewater at the time and my whole family's teachers so my mom's teacher for 30 plus years dad just retired same thing my sister's a teacher my grandparents were teachers and I kind of just always assumed that that's what I would do that I'd be a teacher and I'd be a coach and then when I was at Whitewater I don't know if it was an epiphany or just the fact that, okay, Marcus, your GPA has steadily gone down from your first semester to your second, from your second to your third, your third to your fourth. This is maybe not the right place for you right now. So there was that, and then I was just kind of like, you know, I like kids. I think I could be a teacher because I like kids, but I hate parents. Like, I don't want to work with parents. Every parent thinks their kid is the best. I know myself. I don't have the patience for that. I'm not like my parents are where they have that kind of patience. It's just not me. You know what? Maybe I will give this radio thing a try. And I literally didn't know anybody up in Green Bay at the time. But I was like, you know what? If there's a place to do it, Green Bay is kind of a unique campus where there's I don't know how to put this, not crazy amount of distractions, I guess. I needed to focus on school, and if I wanted to do sports radio and the Packers are right down the street, it sounded like a good idea. And in hindsight, I think it was one of the best decisions I ever made. I think I can speak for the other UWGB alumni in here, being Janelle, that there's no Janelle, right? Not a lot of distractions on (laughs) UW Green Bay's campus. Is that correct? Not too much, except for when you turn 21, but that's a different story. Yeah. yeah, like maybe 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 a deer or a rabbit just walking with you to class. That's about the only distraction you'd come <laughs> the up with. The geese will get you. Though. The ge- oh, I forgot about the geese. <laughs> so Marcus, uh, you mentioned just how you've you know transitioned from being a fan into a radio personality and just a sports media person in general in Green Bay. I would say most people listening to this podcast and the ones recording with you right now are typically thrown on their jersey, depending you know home or away on a Sunday, kicking their feet up drinking a couple, you know, nectars of the gods. What does your normal noon home game for the Green Bay Packers on a Sunday actually look like? Okay, so you specified noon home game, correct? I did. That's uh, that was I feel like that was the standard threshold okay. unless there's 
different angle you need to take it. Okay, because there's an important distinction there. If it's a noon home game, it is drastically different from a road away game. And I know I'm going to sound kind of snooty like this because there's really no bad Sunday, and I'm not complaining or anything. But for me personally, there is literally nothing better than a noon road game. Because what that means for me is that all I got to do is go in and do two hours of pregame in the studio. So there's just three of us in there, and you're just talking about the game that you've been talking about literally all week for two hours, and then you're done. I come home, I put on my sweats, I get comfy, I make myself a drink, and I am watching the game on TV just like everybody else, and I literally will not move. I mean, the rest of the day, it's tracking the fantasy team, it's kickback, relax, and just a Sunday full of football like it's been for the last... I don't know, 20 years of my life, basically. Uh, that So that's a road game. For a home game, we'll do the pregame show live from Green Bay Distillery right across the street from Lambeau, and then go straight from there. Me and Bill go to every home game. We go up in the press box. So for, from the pregame show to covering the game, and then you go down to the media auditorium and do that with Lafleur and Rogers, and then locker room and all that. So, I mean, for a, let me think. For a noon game say you start working at like 8.30 in the morning, you get down to the distillery, probably done about 4.30 in the afternoon, so it's kind of a long work day. Again, I want to make it very clear I am not complaining at all because I realize a lot of people would absolutely, I mean, frankly, people would kill for that job. Eight hours of that, Marcus, come on, like that's not really work. It's awesome. It's a privilege. That said, give me a noon road game over a noon home game. Every single day of the week. Those are the best days. I don't know there's such a difference, but that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. There is. <laughs> we talked about last season. We kind of talked about you as a sports personality. Kind of what do you hope to see from this offseason going forward into next season from the Packers? Number one, and then maybe number two, and maybe number three, get some weapons. Like, this has the potential to be – for lack of a better word, one of the sexiest off-seasons in a long time. Because, I mean, you go into some off-seasons and you're like, all right, they got to retool the offensive line and they got to get some big, you know, road graders and whatever. It's just like, okay, yeah, cool, but let's just wait for the football because, frankly, it's not that interesting talking about linemen and things like that. This off-season, I mean, you're talking about a team that went 14-4 and last year, was one game away from the Super Bowl, and atop their list of needs is a receiver or maybe a dynamic running back or a tight end or something. They just need more weapons. They need more juice. They need more firepower. There is no position in football that's more exciting or sexier to talk about than what the Packers need this offseason. So whether it's – and, oh, by the way, the two worlds kind of collide with the Packers need and then the strength of this draft. I mean, the receivers in this draft, there's – a dozen that could go in the first couple rounds that could come in and from day one be the Packers number two receiver and a pretty good one at that I think if you find the right one so this offseason just in a nutshell I know there's other things that they need inside linebacker and the decision with Blake Martinez and they do probably need to draft a tackle as I continue to trash how boring the offensive line is they probably do need that but first and foremost they need weapons and that's incredibly exciting because I'm Pretty damn sure Goody's going to get them what they need. I have to ask. I hope no one else had this question, but I, I think it's safe to say, Marcus, if you looked at the draft, yeah, the receiving class is 
incredible. There has to be a name you have in mind right now. Do you have any that you'd throw out in the first few rounds? I know there's a few that you talked about. The kid from Colorado, I can't mention. I forget how to pronounce his name, but if there's any names, feel free to throw those out right now. Yes, LaVisca Chenault from Colorado is kind of my guy. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that, like, I, I'm trying almost to fall to fall out of love if that makes sense with one of the receivers like find one guy that I just don't like that everybody seems to like and I'm like kind of lukewarm on I can't find it there are so many guys that could come in and maybe it says more about the Packers receiving core frankly but yeah there are so many guys that could help the Packers what excites me the most about LaVisca Chenault though is that He's just the, whatever you want to label him, he's the definition of a weapon. He's got some Randall Cobb, some Ty Montgomery, some Cordero Patterson, some Debo Samuel. He just, he can do a bunch of different stuff. And I think it's really exciting with this current coaching staff because I feel like they, the Packers might have a staff in place finally that could actually utilize a weapon like that. Whereas in the past, I'd see a guy like LaVisca Chenault and I'd think, all right, I hope he goes to New Orleans because I bet Sean Payton would know how to use him. Now in Green Bay, I can't say that Matt LaFleur wouldn't get creative like that because I think when I, earlier I brought up what the offense was able to do with the, without Devontae Adams in there. You give LaFleur some more weapons. I think we've only seen the tip of the iceberg of what this offense can look like because – They've shown the ability to be more versatile and multiple with their sets. So I would love to see LaVisca Chenault in Green Bay. I think from day one, he'd be their number two guy. He's the man. So look him up. Google him. He's very easy to fall in love with. It sounds like you're really excited about the draft, but is there anyone like free agency-wise that you were maybe excited about, or are you looking just right past to the draft? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple names in free agency. I any if you throw any receiver's name out there and ask me the question, do you think this guy would make sense for the Packers, or do you think this guy could help the Packers? If he plays receiver and his name is not Des Bryant or Antonio Brown, I'll say yes because those two guys, I think, for different reasons, they're just done, and I'm just not interested in them personally. But you start with AJ Green. I think on a two-year deal, AJ Green. I know he's not what he once was. I'd be open to it, though. I mean, he's going to go somewhere. And like I said, what AJ Green versus Marquez Valdez Scantling, or even Alan Lazard. Although I think we all like Lazard. Really, how much do we like Lazard? We'd rather have AJ Green. Robbie Anderson. If there's one free agent receiver that I think makes the most sense, Robbie Anderson to me kind of fits the mold of the Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, and Adrian Amos signings of a year ago in that they're all guys that fresh off their rookie contracts, you know, hitting the prime of their career. And Robbie Anderson's a 6'3 dude who runs 4'3". So sign me up for all of that. Now he's going to get paid. I'm not sure if the Packers can meet his asking price. But, yeah, there's plenty of receivers and overall free agent targets to get excited about. If there's one position, I think maybe – makes sense it would be to go at the inside linebacker position not pay Blake Martinez the ridiculous amount of money that he's going to make but just get another guy who's played some football Nick Kwiatkowski from the Bears or Nick Vigil from the Bengals something like that save a little money get out from that don't be the team that overpays for Martinez go cheaper at inside backer but they should have some options to do that we've been looking at different positions that are going to help 
the quarterback, basically. We're going to help Aaron Rodgers be successful in this offense. A lot of talk around this offense, too, Marcus, was how much longer do we have decent Aaron Rodgers? There's a pretty deep quarterback class that comes up here, too, and there's a lot of, you know, projections say that a, a decent, decent prospect falls to the Packers in a second or even third round kind of way. What's your take just overall on the quarterback situation the Packers have right now? Where Aaron Rodgers is sitting in this new offense, is it time to be looking ahead? Is it a couple of years from now? Just overall the position. I don't want to sound like Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur, I, but I really do think that they gave great answers after the season where you literally always have to be thinking about the quarterback position and potentially adding a guy if you think he's a future starter. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is nearly done. I think that he'll play out his contract four more years on it. I think he'll be playing really well, and I wouldn't be surprised if his numbers are infinitely better next year as long as the talent around him is better. That said, I do think they need to explore the future because you never know. And I know in a perfect world, you have a rookie quarterback or a quarterback on his rookie contract still starting for you like look at Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs look at Russell Wilson back when when that roster was stacked in Seattle if your quarterback isn't making a ton of money then your team has like half a lap head start on everybody else because you stack the rest of your team and you're you're fine as long as your quarterback is playing well and you like him and he's on a rookie deal boom you're off and running you're cooking with gas the problem is you you can't just assume that two years from now you can find that guy. You know what I mean? If there's somebody out there this offseason that you think can be a starter, I think you at least need to dip your toes into the water because it doesn't always just work like, yeah, well, we think, I mean, Aaron's going to play four more years. So what we'll do is, mm, let's say not 2021, 2020, we'll draft the quarterback in 2023. He'll be our future starter and that'll be that. You have no idea that that's going to happen. Football doesn't work like that. There's so many other factors. In a perfect world, that's probably how it would go. For me, I'm actually on board. I know a lot of people find this a little polarizing on one side or the other. I would be all in on taking a look at Josh Rosen because I fully expect the Dolphins to go in and get a quarterback early in the draft. I know they gave up a second rounder for Rosen last year. I mean, this could potentially be his third team in three seasons if the Dolphins move Rosen at that point I think the price tag would be roughly a fourth round pick or a mid-round pick if that's the case I mean you're talking about a guy who went in the top 10 just a couple years ago he's already got a relationship with Aaron Rodgers they became friends kind of before the draft Rodgers knows what it's like to come into a situation and sit behind a future Hall of Fame quarterback with Brett Favre I kind of I'm really intrigued by that potential marriage I'm not sure it's time to spend a first-round pick or anything like that on a quarterback, but Rosen's, I think, 23 years old still. There's just That makes sense to me, and I think you always got to have some foresight. Can't be so short-sighted and say, well, you know, they're good for now. They've got other holes because, frankly, a lot of these conversations sound almost identical to the conversations that we were all having about drafting a quarterback when they got Rodgers and still had Favre. Breaking news Marcus ever saw on the Pack of Day podcast saying the Aaron Rodgers era is almost over. Got it. No. Interesting to note. That is not what he's um, <laughs> No, I know. But it's it's super important that they go and get someone. I don't think that's a question. Like, they, they, they have to. I don't know if it's Rosen or someone in the draft, but I think there's talent in this in this draft too. So All right, Marcus. So I've been listening to you on the radio for a few years now. 
in radio or TV broadcasting terms, you're about equivalent to a 15-year-old, 16-year-old that just got their temps. So you're a young guy. Bright future in the media, I would say. I think you do a really heck of a job getting into the TV world. That being said, where do you hope and expect your uh, your media career to progress the next five years? And are there any projects or any ideas you're working on that you maybe want to just breaking news on the Pack-A-Day podcast that are coming in the summer, potentially? Not really any breaking news. Uh, as far as, like, the next five years, I'm still not quite that sure. I mean, I bought a house last year in Green Bay, so I don't know. I mean, whatever opportunities come my way, I'll listen, but it's kind of a hassle to sell a house, so I'm not really in a rush to do that, and I'm getting married on new year's eve of this year so i got some stuff going on and i kind of feel like i don't know there was a time when i thought maybe try to go bigger market or you know national something like that but the thing that really pisses me off frankly is when i'm listening to national radio and then they talk about our local teams and you can just tell plain as day you have no idea what you're talking about right now just stop like it makes my skin crawl so to me the idea of being a I don't want to say expert, but knowing what I'm talking about with the teams that I've followed my whole life and calling that a career, like, I, there's a price for everything and money talks, but man, I don't know. That's just really appealing to me and it's more comfortable than, like I say, you hear the national guys try to talk Packers and about Rodgers and Lafleur's relationship and you're just like, Dude, you've heard, you've probably heard three quotes and you're rushing to these conclusions. You have no idea what you're talking about. So I guess that's a long-winded way of saying, I don't know what the future holds, question mark. Just like the rest of us. That makes sense. Yeah. Got it. So, Marcus, obviously, you are on the radio station. We know that you have more followers than us on Twitter. You have the blue check mark. Um, feel free to plug yourself in the next 30 seconds, whatever it takes you to get uh, your name out there. My name is Marcus Eversall. I'm the white guy who spells Marcus with a Q. So that's M-A-R-Q-U-E-S-E-V-E-R-S-O-L-L. I'm on Twitter by the same name. And, yeah, uh, download our app, the Fan1075 app, WDUZ. I don't know what else is out there. Facebook, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on everything. I think the Fan1075.com. So listen and tweet me and Keep listening to the Pack-A-Day podcast because Andy Herman does a great job, although he's very average when we're on Channel 5 WFRV with Billy Zhao. Billy Zhao's really good. Andy Herman's very average, and I would say that I'm slightly above average. That's fantastic. You can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Janelle, where can everyone find you on Twitter? You can find me at Big Mac underscore four. Mac is M-A-C-K. I'm on there as well. Um, at DK all the way. I tweet um, a lot of stupid stuff. So if you're interested in following, uh, following <laughs> that, feel free to hop on over. Got to have yeah. a good balance, Dan. Right. Timeline's got to have good balance. I know my dad, uh, my dad's a big WDUZ fan, so when I tell him about this episode tomorrow, I'm sure he'll be ecstatic. So have him call him. in. Oh yeah, so, that'd be awesome. So so is my dad. My dad li- in Dayton, Ohio, literally listens to Bill and the Rookie every single morning. It's it's basically his yeah, his really. Bible. Yeah. My dad here in the Twin Cities, so you got a lot of out of state dads listening to you. <laughs> Awesome. That's good. Keep talking. It's just the dad show. You guys got good reach. Yeah. That's good reach. <laughs> All the dads. Marcus, as you probably know, because I'm sure you listen to the Pack-A-Day podcast habitually, it is the only Green Bay Packers podcast that is daily. Uh, we end every every episode with a Go, go Pack, pack go. go! 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.